we haven't done this in so long. But I know, going. right? This is such a weird. It 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 feels slightly less wrong for me, perhaps, than for you. Um. Yeah. Because I was I've been doing um album or remote all this time. Oh, that's right. Despite yeah, my really protest, been... I really want to start doing it in person because it's really annoying. I don't like doing it like this. <laughs> it is. It feels like you're kind of all alone and you're not really hanging out with your with your boys. I know. It's funny. It's it's really this is like the podcaster's dilemma, right? Is like on the one hand like it's a better show when we do it like this. Like this? Yeah. Cause it's like, I, I was thinking about this the other day that like, cause I was listening back to an old episode of ours and like, I can hear myself very clearly like ticking away in the background, like typing something in, but like our, our conversations are so much more like actually insightful and like <laughs> useful because we're like genuinely like looking shit up as we're talking about it and being like, Oh, this is, something to add to the conversation and, and oh, right. so it when is we, like when we both have access to a computer yeah exactly like, while and, we're we can, and and you can like i mean i have my other monitor open i can like have shit pulled <laughs> up all the time like i come off so yeah. much smarter because i have all the information in front of me and so it but is, is that like, what it's is that what they product. really want but that's the thing right is is then <laughs> and, and is that what we really want and the answer is no it's much more fun to be hanging out with your boys yeah, and, I mean, I don't um, give a sh. I don't. I mean, I, I don't think care I'm if gonna... the product is good at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I was actually gonna say I think it's it's um, you know, I I think I'd rather be f- funny and mm-hmm. have people like enjoy the the like the entertainment part of it rather than being feeling like they're learning something about movies because. Yeah. You can learn about movies in so many other places. But also just like, what do you, I mean, I don't know. What are you going to learn about movies? The one's a good one and not, one's not a good one? Yeah, right. Well, I was <laughs> thinking of like, um, like having access to like the filmography of somebody, like being able to pull up like other things that they've done and shit. Like it, it definitely like I, I'll listen back to an episode from the from the pandemic era and be like, yeah. damn, I was so smart then. What happened? And then like I'll <laughs> we hear got the clicking in much the dumber. Like, oh, I see. <laughs> I was never smart. <laughs> we just had the, you know, extendo brain. Yeah, exactly. Open. <laughs> yeah. We plugged in. We were jacked I just got in. A, I just got a new keyboard, so you're gonna hear um the, you got a mechanical the keyboard you get. even louder. Yeah, yeah, it's mechanical. That's insane. We were just talking about it. My brother and I were just talking about this over Christmas because he's got a buddy who he works with, I guess, who's invested like $200 into building a mechanical with like lights and little doodads and whatever. Oh, no. He like put a lot of money into the thing. And I'm like, all of that just to like wake everybody in your house up when you want (laughs) to type. (laughs) Like, couldn't Uh, be me. Couldn't be me, my friend. No, yeah, I... um. I just like the way they feel. Uh, I didn't build it, mm-hmm. actually. I don't see the point in that. It's one of the things that I really don't think you should be building. Like it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a much more tactile thing that I think is easier just to have it made. Right. Um, I got Do they one make that just quiet ones. Do they make ones that don't oh, make yeah. that clicky ass net? 
noise. Yeah, yeah. But I like the loudness. <laughs> yeah, I'd like a quiet one because I like Mine... the feeling of them a lot. But yeah, I'd like a quiet one. That's how mine sounds. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> but no one can hear it. I'm down here. I'm down here in the in the goblin room. Oh yeah. Well, you're in your little cave. I I have my space is right between Nico's room and and my room. So like when I'm you know up late at night, I'd be waking both of them up, right. clicking away. Yeah. No, that would be bad. If I had, if I was like taking this shit to work or something, mm. I would have got the the quiet ones or something. Oh no, I'd I just... get the loud one at work. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> just no. to annoy people yeah exactly and, and to like to like take up your space you know like you you guys take yeah, enough yeah. of my life as it is like i should be taking up some of your sanity with my loud ass keyboard if anything i'd want it to be even louder <laughs> yeah get the cherry greens what does that mean that's the loudest one that's a thing you like <laughs> they're well, like the loudest they ones are by loudness they're it's like a it's on a graph of like how hard you have to press mm. versus like the resistance of the switch. And then if it like is a physical click or if it's like a linear thing, it's a whole thing. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's mechanical. So, um, but I have the loudest ones. As opposed for... to what? Mechanical uh, versus what? What's a regular keyboard? It's like a little bubble that just has a thing that, touches a, a a contact like yeah, but why it, isn't that mechanical i mean it is but people the people always use those words wrong like they say mechanical and then they'll say like analog versus digital and it's like that everything that you know is both of those things <laughs> <laughs> all of the time yeah. um it's a very annoying but anyway hey we're uh, not here to talk about analog all right or keyboards or, keyboard. or mechanics we're here, talk, we're here to get digital Matrix style, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna dream in digital like orgy. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Oh band? man, I love that <laughs> band. I my wife and I met because of that band. No way. Tell me about the story right now. <laughs> we um, yeah. So my uh, so we met on OK Cupid, and right. my uh, my OK Cupid bio. So you remember like the? I don't know if it's even still around that website, but. The bio it's, it's section like become more like Tinder, oh, okay. where you like that... swipe and like the sh bio is. It's still long it's like if you shorter. click through, but it's like condensed. Oh, that sucks. So the the old one had like a couple suck. of questions that were like, you know, what are you good at, and like what, like, like kind of like offbeat questions to kind of get you out of your comfort zone, I guess, or whatever. But like, okay. the one of them was like, um like most uh most personal thing you're willing to admit on here or something yeah, like yeah, that like that most one. most embarrassing thing you're willing to admit publicly on this website and mine was uh that i prefer orgy's version of blue monday to new orders <laughs> <laughs> that's not very personal <laughs> it's funny though it's funny and at the time it felt like it was like you know blasphemous a bit, uh, a bit blasphemous yeah 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 <laughs> i mean it is definitely still but like it felt like indie rock at the time was a little more oriented towards that kind of sound. So it felt like it was a little more of like a, like a dickhead thing to say, but then it turns yeah. out that Mo uh, loved orgy growing up. It was like her favorite band. Yeah. They're awesome. She had an orgy themed bat mitzvah. Does she know who Deadsy is? I don't know. I'd have to ask her, ask her after. <laughs> Deadsy. Yeah. They toured with orgy. They uh, were also at like a new metal, uh, 
like synth wave. Mm. Yeah, like, orgy is cool because orgy like really they they made a, a very compelling case for the idea that new metal was more of an aesthetic than a sound. Absolutely. Right. Like because I always think of them like I think of uh, grunge the same way as I think of new metal where it's like it's not really a sound at all. It's just kind of a vibe and like yeah. a general aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Desi- like all the garage rock bands, they have like sound things in common. You know, genre is similar across that. But like. Yeah. Deadsy sounds like even more experimental and like synthy orgy. Um mm-hmm. But they were on like Corn's label, and so they were just like in that scene. Dead Sea. All right. Yeah. I'll ask they only had two it. albums. Anyway, so this is sort of a weird episode because we're gonna review a movie, um, rather than talk about the movie news. Yeah, we uh, we took last week off for the holidays, and uh-huh. um, as sort of an act of penance, I suppose. Um, <laughs> We are we're gonna give you two movies this week. We've done this before. We've done like the almost yeah. famous episode. We've done a couple of these. But um in this case, during the holiday, uh, as I'm sure you all are well aware by now because you've been on Twitter uh for even a second, um the new Matrix movie came out and it's possibly I mean at this stage, like every movie is like this now, where mm-hmm. like the shadow of the discourse, like just completely blankets over any possible like raw feeling you could have about a movie. Like it, it's the, the discussion of matrix resurrections has completely blown out of proportion. What anybody's perception of this movie ever could have been if they just came into it cold. I've definitely like got that sense, but I've really not been online recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I've like even not reading Twitter basically. Uh, I, can get the sense that there's a lot of discussion and it's very very uh not tenuous but divided it's very divided yes and you can see it on letterboxd letterboxd is really interesting right now where like all of the top reviews like you know it has like top reviews and recent reviews and all the top reviews are like five stars like i can't believe like the matrix is back baby and it's so good and everything (laughs) about it is fantastic and then all of them at the bottom are just like, read the rest of my review at IndieWire and whatever. And, then, um, <laughs> and it's two stars. And then all the recent reviews are all just like, dog shit, one star. <laughs> they dog made Morpheus shit. gay, one star. <laughs> <laughs> is Morpheus gay? I don't know. He kind he's, of always is. He's um, made of... Um, he's made of like nanobots. Yeah, little nanoparticle things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, but I was going to say, should we spend the whole time talking about the Matrix in general and the movie? Or yeah, should, absolutely. We, should we talk about uh, things we watched this week, too? Or should we no, just go for no, an no, hour? No, no, no. Let's just go on about the Matrix. Let's just blather on for a while. All right, <laughs> I'm down. There's a lot to talk about in this movie, and there's a lot to talk about in the Matrix overall. That's um, true. I um yeah, why don't you kick us off with um I mean you're you're a you're a certified matrix fiend. I'm a matrix head. Yeah. I uh I you know, it's funny cuz I didn't see The Matrix 1 in theaters. Um I remember cuz I was too little. I was 12 when that movie came out. Uh-huh. And uh I definitely wasn't allowed to see rated R movies in the theater. But I remember when it came out on VHS um begging my father 
all of us, Mia, me and all three of my, all, all two of my sisters, um, we're just like, we got to see this movie, dad. It's got to happen. And so they, they rented it and screened it without us. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember like just praying that they would let me watch it and being like, if they don't let me watch it, I'm going to steal it somehow and watch it anyway. Um, and then your parents saw the Christ parallels and they were like, <laughs> all right, she can watch it. <laughs> I guess. Well, my dad was just like, there's not really any swearing in this movie and it's not very violent. So I don't really know why it's rated R. Um, so yeah, of course you can watch it. Um, it's pretty violent. They, I mean, there's like shooting, but there's no like gore or like, there's not much blood. It's like everybody yeah, like, coughs up blood in the little dentist chair, but otherwise, yeah. I mean, no. it's kind of spooky and weird and like surreal. And my mm-hmm. dad, I remember just being like, I didn't get it, but you'll like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously I loved it. I've, I've watched it like 20 times. I bought it on VHS. Like I it was amazing and I loved it. And then I saw both of the sequels in theaters um and liked those i think more than most people at the time yeah but similarly to most people i was sort of disappointed and i think the thing about those movies is they're so different in tone um to the first movie um and it wasn't until watching rewatching them later in life um like a couple of years ago realizing that like there's really nothing there's no like lightheartedness in this in the second and third one mm-hmm. um the first one has this sort of like you have time to spend with the characters being real people like um once you get to the bridge there's a lot of like mouse and tank having banter that's like really realistic like it's dark and you know there's this sense of um there's this sense of uh, sadness, I guess, that they're not in the Matrix and this whole thing is happening to Neo. But like, they're real characters. And then once you get into the second and third one, it's all this very like we're in a serious situation and everyone's dealing with this very serious situation. Yeah, because it's absolutely. an anime, and it is. It, it's an it's an anime. <laughs> it suffers. It suffers greatly from what was the film culture at the time and became the the. I mean, this and like. I'm thinking of like the Star Wars prequels, like the later Lord of the Rings movies. And then basically every blockbuster after them all kind of followed the same trajectory where it's like there's a time of lightheartedness and then there's a time where the lighthearted fun is over. And now it's real. Right. And mm-hmm. and like, you know, the beginning of your story is where you can have some fun, goofy times. But then at some point you got to be like, OK, but folks this is about jesus and (laughs) we need to talk about salvation and we need to talk about resurrection and we need to Uh talk about these these themes because at the end of the day this is this is real you know (laughs) and 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 i think that the prequels really kind of like brought us there first but the matrix kind of following suit on that like really really hammered that home for for pop culture going forward Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely don't think that the Matrix is about Jesus. It I think is. It's, it all it's a, is. Everything's about Jesus. No, no, it's about <laughs> Buddhism. <laughs> uh, you know, they're very non-Christian people. I think. Yeah. Um. Um. But what I was gonna say though is that what's funny is that my experience of the Matrix was completely like 
I I loved the the sequels when they came out. It was only later when I was told that I wasn't supposed to like them that I was like, oh, these suck, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> and I never I haven't really watched them again in a long ass time. I kind of imagine now as an adult watching them, I'd be like, this kind of blows. But um, I think you might like it more. Or I might like it more. I'm curious to see. I might go back and watch them now that I've watched Resurrections. But. When I was a kid, I mean, I I saw the original Matrix. I think in theaters, maybe maybe not, um, but definitely two and three were like midnight movies for me. Those oh, were yeah. like my brother and I going on like opening night to go see. Mm-hmm. I've told and, the story I mean, I'm on like, here about seeing it and like a whole like and the whole audience clapped moment happened. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Everyone was dre- dressed up as Agent Smith and shit. Like it was <laughs> it was a whole thing. It was a early two thousands nerd culture thing. Yeah. Those and and I mean maybe I'm sure people still go to like the midnight uh you know uh premieres of all these movies nowadays, but like it definitely felt like it was a very big part of my life at that time was like all the big movies like opening night, midnight baby, we're going. <laughs> yeah, I it was like the beginning of this sort of I don't know who was driving that culture exactly, but it was like, I remember ain't it cool news and like Joe blow and like, just like the internet Mm -hmm. movie culture, like in the early two thousands was like very much about like, let's be nerds and let's go and see it as soon as possible. And we love this stuff. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, cause Spider-Man and X X X-Men were coming out and like all of the, it was basically the beginnings of the entire internet culture being taken over by huge nerds. Yeah. Um, What's funny too, is that like looking back now, it's like, why were we so intent on seeing these movies the day that they came out when like, it's like we're making an event, I guess you're making an event. Right. But you're like, you're worried about spoilers on the internet. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. And you're like, Oh "Oh, yeah. I hope nobody spoils this movie for me. Meanwhile, like now it's like, it's a million times harder to avoid a spoiler for a movie. It's like I was saying before that, like my, like Matrix Resurrections hasn't been out for like more than a week. And I feel like my, my entire perception of it was painted by like a viral thread that I saw of some (laughs) dude like live tweeting it. Oh gosh. It's like some wiener guy who has like a YouTube channel who's just like, listen up, fuck sticks. Like this is the this <laughs> so movie's cool. made for children. It's yeah, fucking that's lame. True. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I I did was that the one that's like somebody who had the word reviews in their name? Mm-hmm. But they were just like tweeting, like live tweeting. It's like that's not a review. Yeah, and it's like 30 it's minutes like... <laughs> in and this is already the dumbest movie I've seen this year. Like Very cool. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean I uh, I don't know. I also what tried to see this movie at midnight, like just cuz I was like mm-hmm. it's going to be fun to go see a movie and that I want to see at midnight, but there was no theaters that were releasing it at midnight. Um yeah. and I don't know if that's a covid thing or it must like be. And like short staff, probably. Yeah, like they didn't want people to stay out till 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. or whatever. Um, So I went and saw it the day of. It was the first screening, though, and it was in IMAX, and it was crazy. (laughs) I I always forget how big IMAX theaters are. Um, They're like... Yeah, I don't even know know the last... I think I haven't seen an IMAX movie since I was a teenager. Um, I saw Gravity in IMAX. That was really insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, I think this was one of the first ones I'd seen in a while. Um, so uh, there was a lot of, I guess, hype about this movie. 
A lot um, coming from us, I will say. We absolutely. We, I mean, from I, the moment this like, was came on our radar, we both movie. were like, "This looks fucking sick." Yeah, the trailer looked really sick. It did, and I still think it is. And I think, um, uh, you know, it's interesting because the Wachowskis oeuvre is itself very divided Mm -hmm. um because what i recall and tell me if this is what you recall is that the matrix sequels came out and people began to turn on them Mm -hmm. speed racer came out and critics hated it um and i don't remember what the public's reaction to speed racer was but then cloud atlas came out and it was like some people that that was the first one I remember there becoming this like split where it was like some people were like, no, this is actually a great movie. And a lot of critics being like, I don't think this is worth. And then there was also cult. There was like a, a, a discourse about whether it was racist or, you know, yellow mm-hmm. face was appropriate or whatever. Uh, and then just basically everything they've made since then has been like this strong line of like people who appreciate what they're doing and think it's really interesting and people who think it's all cringe. Yeah. Um. Now. And uh, I kind of knew that this movie was going to have that reaction no matter what it was. But then there's um, this additional layer added onto it now that the Wachowskis are trans and have come out since I think since their last big movie, right? Like cloud Atlas, they were both still no Lana came out. Lana came out by that point, the promotion of cloud Atlas. And that okay. was there. Uh huh. And then so, Jupiter ascending and then sensate the show. Uh-huh. Um, but that's it as far as I know. So, I mean, my expectation was that there was no way this movie was not going to have some amount of, of, controversy around it (laughs) not just because of of their reputation and their you know this split that's happened with them which i do agree with you on by the way like i do completely see that that uh narrative for their career but additionally now that they are that they are both out and trans and that the red pill has taken on this whole weight online (laughs) and like all this stuff is there now there was no way that this wasn't going to come out with like some sort of culture war behind it and what's been interesting is that it's like it's the first one I've seen where they can't nobody seems to be speaking very explicitly on the topic. Like nobody is saying mm. like like oh like lady ghostbusters they have to make a lady one of everything. Like <laughs> there's none of that because because I guess because the Wachowskis have more than proven that they're like they're capable very talented, of making yeah. <laughs> very big movies. And so nobody can even like begin to be like, hey, how did the Wachowskis get this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting to see directors, that everybody yeah. has to say the quiet part quiet for once. And yeah. so all anybody talks about is how the movie's bombing. Is it? I guess, I yeah, it's, it it's doing poorly because it's on HBO Max, but who cares also? But like, hasn't like every movie been bombing? Like, yeah, exactly. Except for Spider Man. But the, the discourse. Th- but that's has not on been, streaming. And that's not on streaming, exactly. The, the discourse around this has been like, like, Matrix Resurrections is a financial fucking failure because it's a bad movie. And, <laughs> and it's become like a catalyst for like 
the same exact arguments that we would make against sequels, but now mm-hmm. being said by like the, you know, bug man, you know, soy face pointing at, you know, yeah, yeah. Funko pop toy. Like those people now are, are talking with the exact same language that we use about modern blockbusters, but they're, they're, they're empowered to use it now because it's a trans woman. <laughs> <laughs> So you think the hate from the Matrix Resurrections is because of, you know, a trans woman director mostly, no. or like? No, I don't. I think that it's. I think it's a number of things, but I think that that's like. I think that it's a. It's a. Um, uh, like a like a silencer on a gun. You know, like ultimately the bullet is not. You know, the bullet's the dangerous part. <laughs> the silencer just <laughs> makes it quiet. Oh, you're um, sure, yeah. So I think that kind of what's happening is like it's a lens through which people are projecting their, you know, their frustrations with this movie, which I share. Um, and we'll get into <laughs> that shortly. But like I think that ultimately, like people's criticisms of this movie are pretty valid, but they're they're feeling empowered to be more aggressive about it and more vocal about it because it's a trans woman. <laughs> sure. I think that's fair. Um well Let's talk about what this movie is, um, because I, it, it it's hard to say if it. I feel like people's expectations were all over the place with this, and yeah. I think that that really colors. It's really interesting to see what the criticisms are. Um, <laughs> it it because to me it feels like someone criticizing someone criticizing a cake because it doesn't taste like a well-done steak. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like um, that's what I've been seeing the most of is people just saying things that don't apply <laughs> for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, but so the movie is, it's been a long time. It's been over 10 years since the matrix three. Um, In and the universe it's been 40 years. Oh, right, I forgot about that. Jesus. Mm. Uh in universe it's been 40 years. Um and now uh in regular life it's been uh how many years has it been? Matrix Revolutions was 2003. So it's been almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um which is crazy. I didn't feel that long. <laughs> um so in in the movie I guess spoilers now. Yeah, right? like we're just gonna talk about on. the whole. Yeah, we're sure. just gonna talk about the whole movie. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to this. Um, so we begin on Neo, Thomas Anderson. He is basically what has happened is the entire events of the first three movies were a game that he created. And he is working at a game company and is, you know, he's like the Hideo Kojima of America, basically. Yeah, he's like the guy in um, him and and his buddy are kind of like uh, the two game guys in uh, Ready Player One. Right, right, right. Where it's like (laughs) one of them is the business guy and one of them is the visionary guy. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like a, but, but because of that, he's, you know, it's like Waz and Steve Jobs. And he's like literally as famous as Steve Jobs. Yeah. Like people recognize him and, you know, he made this game that people know how to play and it's a thing. Um, He's very famous. So for the first, it feels like half hour minutes. of this movie. It's at least um, 40 minutes before this part's done. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. 40 minutes. 
it didn't feel that long to me. Uh, it definitely feels longer than the original Matrix, where you know you get to know Thomas Anderson and he's a hacker. Um, I think that's only like ten or twenty minutes, but uh, so it's double. So for 40 minutes, he's just a guy and mm-hmm. he is sort of experiencing flashbacks or of the first couple movies and has these weird feelings where he sees Trinity in a coffee shop and her name is Tiffany. And do you know why she says she hates that name? I didn't get that reference. No, I don't get it. Okay. But I imagine um, it's just some Matrix shit. <laughs> yeah it's probably her like fake name from the first matrix or something um but she's like a married woman and um married to a guy named chad chad um who's played by the director of john wick oh really yeah uh that guy's real name is chad (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure um and so he's sort of just in this like office space kind of movie yeah he's just kind of like he he's living this like kind of depressive cycle where like they're, they're playing this montage of white rabbit with him just like taking showers and going to work and it's miserable. And um, at some stage, somebody approaches him and says like, Hey, uh, they want to make a new matrix game. (laughs) Oh, right. And the world of, of this, the, they're making a new matrix game. And Sony says you can do it or not do it. They don't care. And he's like, well, I guess I'll do it. (laughs) Right. Because which is a clear or excuse me, Warner Brothers. uh, No, Sony. No, he says Warner Brothers. Our parent company wants you to make it and they're going to make it with you or without you. All right. Because that's the show. That's the company that makes the movie. (laughs) Right. Um, So they. uh, Yeah, but that's a clear. It's really interesting because I was like. Is that the case? Like, were they going to reboot the Matrix no matter what? What did you did you think that, that was a direct reference to that? Yes. Yeah, so from what I've heard, um, the Wachowskis have been asked to make a new Matrix every year since the last Matrix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. They've apparently been asked it's once a year. Printing money. Um, and additionally, that apparently there was some sort of movement towards doing a soft reboot thing with like Michael B. Jordan tied to it or something like that. Like without them? Without them, yeah. Or in Uh a sort of with or without you sort of a situation, right? Where I guess they'd like, they'd pushed it to a certain degree of development to then say like, so here's where we're at. We could do this or you can do what you want to do. So what do you want to (laughs) do? Right. Um, That really felt pretty on the nose because like Keanu says uh I thought they couldn't do that and they're like they can do whatever they want to do um the Agent Smith character um yeah so I I'd say that this whole sequence at the beginning of like making the game and 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 talking about it it's at times sharp it's a lot of the time just kind of it's really on the nose. It really like a lot of this stuff kind of falls flat for me. Like they have in the montage, they have all these little sequences of talking about like, what is the matrix like as an IP and like, it's these business <laughs> meetings at their video game company and they're all talking to each other. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Like 
like it's all about bullet time and they're like no it's all about philosophy and no it's all about good action you know and like right right it's at times that's sharp and that kind of works but a lot of the time it's just like all right you guys have really worn out your welcome on this <laughs> like <laughs> Are we really still doing this sequence? <laughs> I, okay. So, and this is a big thing, I think. Like, this whole attitude of really not wanting to make this movie yeah. sort of, I think, kind of uh, kind of decides whether you like the movie or not. Yeah. You know? uh, no, I, I disagree. Okay, because you started liking it later. I so I mean I liked these things enough and I disliked them enough that like basically my big takeaway from this movie and we'll get more into this fairly soon but like <laughs> my biggest takeaway from it was that like if it looked better I'd be forgiving a lot of this stuff <laughs> like these are what? nitpicks these are nitpicks that I have that like if the look like if shit looked good in this movie if it looked like real ass matrix i'd be like i'd be like yeah sure have fun at the beginning like doing your whole your whole thing about how you don't want to make the movie absolutely have fun like uh-huh but a big problem in this movie that starts to really really show up fairly soon in this it, it, is that it just don't look good mm. <laughs> it don't okay. look good folks and and that's a big <laughs> That's a big problem for me when it comes to the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, what parts did you not think look good? Uh, starting from um, when, for example, when they're in the the little karate room, uh, everything in there looks like a fucking cartoon. Uh, down sure. to like Morpheus's fucking kimono looks like it's animated. Um, poor green screening it looks like a lot of the time a lot of the fight choreography ain't working for me like they're doing fast cuts away from stuff so that they don't have to do choreography everything looks small like every scene is too small there's not enough people (laughs) there and there's enough stuff happening and i don't know like it just the look of it was just way off for me you know sure this is hard for me to i think I saw it in IMAX <laughs> uh-huh. and it looked really cool. <laughs> I got to say. Yeah. Granted, uh, I watched it on my computer monitor about 10 yards from here. <laughs> yards. Uh, yeah. About 30, 30 feet away from where I'm currently sitting. Oh my God. Um, oh, I see. You were sitting. I see. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't have a 30 foot computer monitor. <laughs> no, I, th- I thought you meant that you were sitting 30 feet away from oh, the computer no, screen. No, no. I was like, how could you see it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's interesting because we, we kind of both have this different perception of the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I had this exact experience. I watched Gravity in, I think, the same theater at the Lincoln center in in new york city on 77th street um or on 70th street i think the biggest theater in america um Mm -hmm. i believe um i saw gravity with the director kuran there and it was like in dolby atmo and on the biggest screen in the world or whatever like and it was amazing. Like it was so tense and, and incredible. Like I loved the movie. And then I saw it on DVD and I was like, this movie is kind of stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it, it was like fairly tense in places, but like the 
core acting in the movie like when you're not sort of like wowed by the visuals like didn't really work for me yeah that time so i can i will be very upfront and say a lot of my opinions on this movie could very well be uh, colored by the fact that i saw it on the biggest screen in the world right. um possibly that's actually true i'm not sure i'm pretty sure it's the biggest one in america um so yeah it, it looked really nice uh on the big screen um especially the ending sequence and like all the stuff in the real world the ending um, sequence is very good i enjoyed that the ending sequence is one of the coolest things that has been in the matrix i think since the first one mm. um but it's but the problem is like with even with the ending sequence i found the same issue of like this isn't a visual thing as much as like i found a lot of the time in this movie that like it seemed like there would be a really good idea and they would execute it pretty well, but then yeah. not really take it any further than like the initial thought. And so the thing that I'm thinking of in the ending sequence is there's a point where, so, so throughout the movie, there's this, there's this element that they've added of these like matrix zombies, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. love. I think it's that's cool. an awesome idea. It's the logical next push of the idea of the agents being able to warp into bodies and shit that's great i love that i want to see more of that right and they do <laughs> a little bit more of that but not enough it doesn't feel like they like they baked it all the way they could have gone way further with that and there's a scene where like for a second you're like they've they've baked it ding it's fucking ready when they do the they have them fucking jumping out Jump the windows up, yeah. and like f splatting on the ground to try to stop that the car. scene is incredible that's incredible do it for longer <laughs> do it for longer and don't have a guy right away say he's making bombs out of the people <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean that that scene you know we were talking talking with my friend afterwards it felt like an idea they might have had earlier and couldn't do because of 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, yes. <laughs> it felt so reminiscent of like 9-11 uh -huh. that I was like, Jesus, even now <laughs> this feels really intense. Yeah. Um, and I thought that worked. I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying that like, it would be cool to see like more iterations of that or like have it continue for a little bit or um, have it, have it start a little softer you know, have it happen a few times and like you don't realize how horrific this thing is that's happening. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like raining men, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really don't have much even zombie wise. Like we don't have much. Um, we don't have like much mobs. Yeah. Mobbing them. And the like one time that we get it, everybody just gets out fine. And it's like not really a big deal. <laughs> Right. It's and, when and, Trinity and him ride off on the motorcycle or whatever, and then the whole rest of the crew is there in the intersection. They're like, get the wounded out of here. We'll take care of these guys. And then it's like, oh, I guess they took care of those guys. <laughs> I don't know what happens. Right. Uh, so I will point out, and this isn't, this is kind of, I think, maybe the biggest fault of the movie mm -hmm. is that on March 16th, after less than like two weeks of move making the movie in 2020 they stopped making the movie <laughs> right because of covid and then lana said uh she was like saying that she wanted to not finish it 
she was like, well, it'll just go down as an incomplete legendary film not meant to be seen by anybody. Yeah. And the cast demanded that she return and finish the movie. And they and then they started again in August in Berlin. So they had to really pare down the scope of whatever this was. And I, I think you're absolutely correct that it feels small. Like everything feels like it is like a almost like a fan film of yeah. the Matrix. Um, There's just never enough people around. There's never enough business happening. Yeah, like, and, and you really feel that in the in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like that that was when I was like, it's like they're on a Jim Henson set, you know? Like, yeah. there there's like puppets and CGI stuff, and to real people yes (laughs) you know and like even when there is more than a couple people like when all the captains line up and you know jada pinkett smith is like you have to go or whatever like it somehow feels like there wasn't really that many people there or something like that is i i've i wasn't able to put my finger on it but that is probably my biggest problem with the movies that it quote unquote feels empty yeah um it's so hard to explain how why that feels that way, but it's so true. And it unfortunately really makes it feel like less of a heavy, cool return to form that yeah. it should have been, I think. It's like, um, I mean, it's best exemplified in, in Io, right? The city that they go to. And like oh, yeah. when you go to Zion in um, in the second Matrix, that shit is so cool and yeah. it's so alive and it's so big and boisterous and just like magical. And then when we go to IO, they have again, so many great ideas in IO. I know there's so many great ideas there's there and cool every one of them. And... I'm like, I'm like, why did we waste 40 minutes on sad Neo at the beginning? I want to see more of the strawberries. Yeah, Show me yeah. more of that. Show me more of this fucking machine with the tubes, with the with the Morpheus robots and shit, you know? Like, right. I want to see more of that. I don't but give it, a shit about Sad Neo. But it feels like a room. Like, yeah. you can sort of imagine with your, you know, mind's eye that there's many places, but it's clear they wanted it to be, like, this sprawling, you know, greenhouse biodome or whatever, and it's just, yeah. like, this one room, like, in the back of a Home Depot or something. And it's Right, like, exactly, yeah. And, uh... and you meet one person. She's, like, giving him a look around and being, like, look at this. This is where we grow all our vegetables and stuff. He's, like, vegetables? And she's, like, yeah, we grow vegetables. Anyway, that concludes our tour. <laughs> And then later on, the vegetable lady's still hanging out. Right. And You're I think, like, oh, I, all right. <laughs> I really think that it, I think that writing wise, I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think ideas wise, great. Probably one of my favorite Matrix movies after the first one. I And I really, this is coming from someone who really liked three, but I think that you're totally right that execution wise, it's, it's like just above two, probably yeah. this. But I mean, I still liked it and enjoyed it. And I loved revisiting the world. And I loved, sure, you know, seeing what happened to the Matrix afterwards. And I like all of like, like, right, like I say, writing wise, it's awesome. And I think if it had, if they had had a real production that wasn't marred by COVID, that yeah. it could have been even better. I think but, it could have been way better. I think there's still some stuff in here, though, 
like even if they'd like let the script bake another year, even if there was no COVID and they got to make exactly the movie they wanted and the production they wanted, I still think there's a couple things in here that just simply do not work for me. Sure. Uh, one of them that is just like, this is not, this is a non-negotiable for me. Agent Smith sucks ass in this movie. <laughs> he sucks so bad. <laughs> I agree, kind of. I think he's great as the boss. Mm-hmm. Once he's supposed to be Agent Smith, I'm like, what? It's not working for me. He's got to be somebody else. It's okay to have him in the movie. It's okay to have him as the bad guy. Well, you can't have just... for folks at home. If you are listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, they made the utterly baffling decision to make Agent Smith a like Patagonia windbreaker guy. <laughs> he's like <laughs> Which a J. I think Crew is an interesting... Agent Smith. It's just not working, man. <laughs> I think it's an interesting idea, but like. Agent Smith's whole thing was probably the weakest idea or at least the weakest execution because yeah. I don't know what that any of that meant. Like I don't know I, what he wanted. I don't know what he was doing yeah. there. Okay, so just to be clear, if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this and you don't care about spoilers, what happened was at the end of 3, Trinity and Neo make a deal with the Matrix so that they stop attacking Zion and they try and live in peace. However, that doesn't mean the Matrix ended. It was like a stalemate, you know, West, East, Berlin type deal. Right. And so they still needed power. And so they're still keeping people inside. Um, And the new, after that, that, so then the, as they've explained in two, the matrix resets. There's a new matrix. And in this new matrix, they kept Neo and Trinity out of it and put them in a separate matrix that there is basically their own like torture chamber. Yeah. Um, so what we are seeing for the first 40 minutes of the movie is their like separate matrix that is they're being directly monitored by the new architect who's called the analyst and is Neil Patrick Harris. Also didn't really Really didn't, really didn't vibe love with him. That. Yeah, I wish he was not. It was not. I, I honestly it feels like you needed to have one or the other. Not in terms of characters. Like you could have both characters, but like you can't have two of that type of guy. Like it, it, your two yeah. main bad guys can't be the same type of dude. <laughs> like Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris and the guy from. He's the guy from um, uh, Mind Hunter. He's he's the agent oh. in Mind Hunter, and he's um. He's the he's the only white guy in Hamilton. <laughs> oh, he's really he's the yeah, king he's the or king, whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Damn, that movie sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a movie, I guess. But um, yeah, he he is. Uh, but Neil Patrick Harris feels is it's one of those things where conceptually I like it. Like he is good as the therapist, this like annoying, cloying asshole. Um, but then once he's like has to be a villain, like. He's not menacing. Yeah. He's not like he's not a real villain. It feels sort of corny. Um, but in a certain way, that's sort of how it's supposed to be. But I don't know. Whatever. Um, I like the idea of the analyst being like the main bad guy, like literally the creator of the Matrix being like, we have to keep you under wraps personally because you and Trinity together will destroy the Matrix. Yeah. Um, I liked the idea. Like I the liked idea. that idea. I liked um when he kind of like explains the whole thing of how Trinity and, and Neo do die at the end of the Matrix. Yeah, they're he, dead and then 
puts he them back brings together. them back to life with like some crazy disgusting like <laughs> really really gruesome like piecing them back together frankensteining them like yeah you see them in like various stages of like recomposition like talking to each other in goo vats and so it's fucked it's i cool. like that a lot the scene works it's good and that's the um, thing there's a lot of good yeah everything with neo and trinity really works for me um oh yeah for sure i love the two of them their their chemistry together is fantastic i love reimagining the idea of like the one as being the two of them together that makes a lot of sense yeah especially you know it being a very personal movie for lana instead of it being a romance it being like herself i guess like becoming one person um like literally like neo is working on his new movie is called binary yeah (laughs) like it's a you know, it, it's a it's a very lots of trans discourse un, in the subtext of this movie. Yeah, um, it's 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 one of those rare movies, I think, where we talk about this all the time with sequels and remakes and whatever, that like the biggest first hurdle you have to get over every time is it has to justify its existence. It has mm-hmm. to tell you why this thing needs to exist. And it's this is a rare sequel, you know, sort of situation where like it 100 percent does. There is yeah absolutely a reason that this movie should exist. It's good that it does exist. I just don't think I like it very much in its current <laughs> form. I wish that I wish Lana had taken another year. Absolutely there. I mean, and it really doesn't seem like there was a real reason that they couldn't have just like waited. Yeah. A couple more years or like filmed it even more piecemeal like she's got the money they've got them you know she's doing it this is clearly some sort of like not a passion project exactly but like wanting to take ownership of this thing that like functionally changed culture you know <laughs> and yeah. it's like very inspiring for a lot of uh, for what from what like you know queer culture discourse you know it's like that the, it's a very important property of series and it's like i think there's a lot of reasons to revisit this and revisit it in this way like Mm -hmm. i think the the idea that it's been taken away from you and you sort of thought you ended it in this good way and then like people are like we have to bring it back and it's like what's happening to neo is literally he's being like brought back from the dead and put into this like sort of prison he has to break out again you know like yeah it's the writing there just in the concept and in every aspect of it, like from um, lots of fun things of like the Merovingian still being like this weird homeless person, um, Morpheus not returning cause he's dead. And she's being like, no, I'm not going back and bringing Morpheus back. Cause you wanted to, I killed him in the video game. And that's how it works. You know, <laughs> like that's yeah. the real, that's the real Canon. Um, but then you and see it's 40 this- years later. Uh, yeah he he died and like jada pinkett smith is old and like you're seeing a fake version of it i I just every decision conceptually i liked um but i gotta say i wish it had been just done a little clearer yeah i think yeah and there's i mean i i said at the beginning i'll say it again like the visuals in this movie are at times really really tough like Mm -hmm. i I just remembered a couple of them like um, during the whole beginning sequence when Neo is kind of like in his like drug haze 
there's like a lot of this like blurry camera effect that is just not really working for me. It looks really cheap. It looks okay. kind of like just not good. I don't uh, remember. This is like his like vision a... gets blurry a lot, and like you just see stuff like kind of like leave tracers, like as oh, if he's yeah. like on drugs. But like it just doesn't like look great. And then there's this one sequence that's extremely cool conceptually but like visually doesn't really match up to it is i think i when, know what you're gonna say is the first time that him and neil patrick harris like face off with each yeah. other uh-huh. and like he fires the gun and they're doing like bullet time and then also neo is in bullet time and neil patrick harris is like moving in ways that like don't make sense on the camera like he yeah. like it's as if they like green screen him on sometimes, but not other times. And it's like, it's trippy. It definitely like on paper. That's a really cool idea. Well, not only that, it's like, what's so cool about that idea. Again, I kind of agree that it was like, doesn't look perfect. Um, And I actually, that was one of the things I was arguing with my friend after the movie. I was like, he, he really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but it didn't like look right. I did, I, but the th- what's so interesting, and he pointed this out, is that instead of because you could have easily, like, the idea of someone moving in normal motion and everyone else moving in slow motion is like one of the easiest things to do now, and it's yeah, like kind of sure. because of the Matrix. But to take the choice to be like, well, he's moving like the way they looked in the first movie. Where it's like they're like that stuttery, like when the when the agents are like dodging bullets, and right. he's got like that that those tracers around him. To make the decision to make it look like that, even though it looks weird, <laughs> he really liked, and I think that conceptually great idea. Uh, it still made me feel like well, he should just be moving around normal. <laughs> yeah, or like <laughs> it's even like I think there's even a version of this that works. I don't yeah. know exactly what. But it's it's the kind of thing where I can imagine it written down on the screenplay, where I can imagine mm-hmm. it being like the the way that it's written is that like everything's moving at different speeds. Neil Patrick Harris kind of exists outside of the scene where like sometimes he's in front of Neo, sometimes he's behind Neo. He's not always there. Sometimes he looks like he's like watching a video and like pointing at it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like jittery and trippy and weird. And I can see the idea formulating, but then just like it, it's the kind of thing where I imagine that she probably saw a couple of cuts of it and none of them really were working. And she finally found one that she was like, all right, this is good enough. Like yeah, it's yeah. going to have to be because I can't figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. I think you're right. It's like all of the ideas are great and all of the execution or most of the executions. I, or I don't want to say that I did like a lot of the executions. Like uh-huh. the, the, like you, we said the two pods, scenes like all of the stuff with the the sort of prison pods that neo and trinity are in is real cool um there's a lot of stuff in the white area that i thought was cool uh-huh. um I'm trying to think yeah it just it felt like more set more setty than normal you know but when yeah. they're on uh when they're on bugs's ship i thought that was like a lot of that stuff feels really good um and i liked I liked the little jabs at um, like kid friendly sidekicks. Oh yeah, the little Pokemon <laughs> that are just around for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love well, that. Like, when they introduce them, like also here's these two droids or whatever, and they're like, I love 
like it. And like, they're just <laughs> and like, we not... never see them again. <laughs> yeah, because it's like stupid and yeah. you wouldn't. And like, that's clearly the point. And like, there's one part where the, the operator uh, of that ship, I can't remember his name, but like, fist bumps one of the guys. He's <laughs> just like, the camera like moves over and he's there and fist bumps him. So funny. Like, very I thought, funny. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. And, and I like that the one time one of the little Pokemon actually like does something to, for the plot, they instantly are like, by the way, there's also like a person inside of there. <laughs> and we're going to oh, talk the... to the person, not to the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, um, the like little whale guy yeah, yeah, yeah who like carries uh what does he carry he's like I... inside of him is like the program that is like the girl or whatever that oh right right, right. it's something it's some shit like, like that's that. a different one this is important <laughs> don't <laughs> it's not actually a pokemon <laughs> <laughs> yeah i yeah. like that a lot i wish i wish that we got to know the crew of the ship a little better even Bugs yeah. a little bit better. I feel like we don't really get to know any of them at all. Yeah, um, Bugs is a cool character. And she like, you know, this generation of kids. I mean, it's funny that she has blue hair. I felt like that was like a little bit like of a wink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but like this generation of kids who grew up with the Matrix and are now like, oh, everyone knows this famous scene from when the one, you know, Trinity and Neo like broke the Matrix and like yeah. caused the peace. Like, and having her be like wow it's actually neo and you were really the one and there's like different factions of like people who really think he was and people who think he was just a guy and like you know i i really liked all of that world building that's actually in the movie but it's yeah. just like almost subtextual like how quickly it passes it um, passes really quickly and and you just never get like it's it's not like you get a ton more time with the crew of the nebuchadnezzar like but you, you get there but you get something from them and like you get enough so that when mouse dies it's sad you know you get enough that when switch Absolutely. dies it's sad and like it's a good thing that they didn't kill any of the crew of this ship at the end because i'm just like i don't think i would give a shit i don't I know any of them <laughs> don't really remember anybody else except for bugs and the operator and <sighs> there's the other woman who's kind of like bugs but not really Oh, yeah, yeah, the one who has, like, the lines all over her. Uh, Yeah, I remember more what they look like than anything about their personalities. Whereas with the first one, I know Dozer, I know Tank, I know Switch. Actually, there is that one uh, Asian guy who I never remember what he has to do with anything. Uh, Is he an Asian guy? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I always forget his name. It's like Is he, like, he's a Nebuchadnezzar guy? Yeah. Um, But he's, like, barely in the movie. Um, but, But, no, I think that... And uh, you know this reloaded and and uh, and revolutions much better. Like at that, obviously, because you spend so much time with all of those people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one just didn't make time for it, and it almost felt like she wrote so much that it should have just been a show. And it's like, really, why would it not be a show? You know what I, I mean? I guess because she doesn't really want to do this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I mean, like, and the show is more time. It's more time, and it really just felt like such a big concept to 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 take it from sad, crazy Neo and being trapped in this world, and then explaining why he's been trapped in this world, and then explaining why, like, there was just so much there 
that it just really felt like it needed to be like an hour longer and like the the the, the filming should have been much longer yeah um yeah all of that to say i recommend it i recommend it i mean i i think it's a cool movie with a lot of great ideas that I think probably executes on its ideas better than the second movie, which I think is still pretty okay. Um, and not quite as good as the third or first movie and definitely not the first movie, but, but you know, 20 years later, like to make a movie that's almost as good as one of the movies in the original trilogy. I, I, I would say that's great. Like, you know, (laughs) pretty, pretty impressive. I think to, to, to come at it. I think what this movie deserves praise for is coming at revisiting a franchise with a new perspective and not just trying to give fan service and not just trying to do something because you think people will like it or whatever. And, just like being like, why am I revisiting this at all? Yeah. Um, as a creator, um, why am I doing this? And then trying to make a story about that. Um, it seems like the only way you should be doing it, <laughs> you know, um, if you, sh- if you're going to do it at all, but I feel like she's just, they're just smart directors who just seem to like, really be like, there's no reason. Like we will, we would never do this if it was up to us. Yeah. And it almost feels like if the if the thing is tanking, it's like great. No one will ever ask us to make this again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They won't call us every year. (laughs) Yeah, we have other things that have been successful. Let us make the things we want to make. Um, so I I like it. Yes, I like it. It's a cute movie. It's not the best action movie. It doesn't live up to the first movie. But it's like, if you thought that, then you haven't been paying attention to what they've been doing for the past 20 years. So it's a stupid thing that you thought. <laughs> I guess. Do better. Do better, fans. Um. All right. Is that all you want to say? Okay. Thanks so much for listening. This is the bonus episode, so I don't have to do an outro. Nope. Okay. Love you. Bye. See you next time. See you time. next time. <laughs>